This morning, once again, I want to speak to you from the subject, Trusting Your Father's Heart. And this is part six in the series, the final part. Let us look, if you would, at Matthew chapter six. And I'm going to start reading at verse seven. And when you pray... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We continue this morning with our study of the Lord's Prayer, and we're looking at the sixth and final petition of the prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Like the preceding petition, this one seeks two related things. In this case, leadership and protection. Have you ever traveled in an unknown area and your GPS loses its signal? It can be a bit nerve-wracking. What if your phone didn't work either and there was no one else in sight? What if it all happened at night? It could cause quite a fright. Isn't that right? Now, aren't you glad your Heavenly Father always has His eye on you and knows exactly where you are and what to do? With God, your Father, there is no need to be blue because He is right there with you. He is way better than OnStar. You know, you're never lost with OnStar. It gives you the power of the human connection. There is, to be sure, a power connected with other humans, but it still doesn't compare with the power you experience when you're connected with the one true God and know Him through Jesus as your Father. You can always trust your Father's heart no matter where you are or what you're going through. Being lost in the middle of the night, however, is not the only thing going on here, obviously. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, explicitly implies not only that you are overrun with all kinds of weaknesses, but also that you can easily be overcome and responsible for all kinds of wickedness. You can be both deceived and deceitful. Have you noticed that about yourself? All of us are vulnerable to lies, self-deception, sinful lust, worldliness, 
spiritual, and even satanic attacks. You need a shepherd who is wise for you and good to you. You need a Savior who is almighty for you and effective against every evil in you and outside of you. Your Father in heaven is your shepherd. He leads you beside still waters. Isn't that how the psalmist said it? He leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There is no need to fear any evil because the Lord, your shepherd king, is with you. This is true for you because of Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd, and it is through him and only through him you have a wonderful counselor to lead you, a mighty God to protect you, an everlasting Father to love you, and a Prince of Peace, a Prince of Shalom, who ensures your well-being no matter what. One of the most obvious and effective ways of dealing with temptation and evil is prayer. Go figure. Something we so often fail to do. Jesus told his disciples at one of his own weakest moments, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed. That was Jesus in Gethsemane. Jesus told his disciples, and he tells you, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have all of you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. The only reason Peter repented is because Jesus specifically prayed for him. That's why you repent after sinning, because Jesus, your great high priest, the one who loves you, always lives to make intercession for you. When you draw near to God through Jesus, he prays for you to be completely saved at all times. When you draw near to God through him, You know, drawing near to God through Jesus is not simply drawing near and looking for help when you need it. But it's drawing near because you love Him. You want to be close to Him. You want to be with Him. You want to be near Him. This reminds me of something someone once said. Never sin with a plan to repent, and never repent with a plan to sin. Be truly devoted and in love with the one who is the lover of your soul. Jesus himself has suffered when tempted, the Bible says in Hebrews 2, and he is able to help you who are being tempted. 
Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Joseph Scriven wrote, Oh, what peace we often forfeit! Oh, what needless pain we bear! All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. When Paul was harassed by Satan with the thorn in his flesh, he prayed. Three times he prayed, and even though Jesus did not remove the suffering, it was through prayer Paul experienced in his weakness the sufficiency of Jesus' grace and power. Paul was taught to stop relying on himself, but rather on God who raises the dead. Do you ever skip prayer? because you're just too tired to pray, too burdened, too depressed? I know a brother who purposely deprives himself of sleep so he can pray. And the spiritual energy that flows through this man is truly amazing and supernatural. And yet, he is no different from you. Elijah put the weather predictors out of business for three and a half years through prayer. And, let, and yet, Elijah is no different from you. It makes so much sense to pray because your Father in heaven is faithful to you when you are tempted. The Bible says and promises no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. This passage teaches that everyone is susceptible to everything. Everyone is susceptible to everything. If you are a human, you are vulnerable. You set yourself up for a guaranteed fall when you falsely believe that somehow you are above certain temptations, evils, and sins. According to Jeremiah and James, you are guilty of everything and capable of anything. And the sooner you admit that about yourself, to yourself, 
the sooner you will begin to see hope in the midst of your struggles against temptation, evil, and sin. The sooner you admit that about yourself, the more you will find yourself in prayer and prayer meetings, depending on your Father and receiving real hope and real help for the sin and evil in you and around you. There is no hope or power or help in you to overcome temptation of any kind or turn away from any sin. You are a sitting duck when you rely on yourself. Jesus said, out of the heart of man, and he meant man and woman, and not any particular kind of man or woman, he meant every single man and woman. Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within you. We've got to own it. These are the things that defile a person. The hope given to you is not in you. The help you need is not in you. In the Old Testament, Joseph learned humility, being in prison. When he came before Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, hey, I heard some good things about you, he immediately said, it's not in me. God will do it. God will give you the answer you're looking for. The hope we need, the hope you need, the help you need is not in you. The only hope given to you is that God is faithful. He is faithful to protect you from being overwhelmed and faithful to provide for you the way of escape. And that is a reason to hollow his name. Your Father in heaven will never allow you to be tempted in a way that is beyond your ability every time you who believe in Jesus are tempted. God also provides you with the way to escape. Jesus is always the way of escape. He comes to your aid. He sympathizes with you. He gives you grace, mercy, and power sufficient for your situation. Jesus is never busy. I should say too busy to hear from you. But you must call him up. You've got to know him. He's got caller ID. The escape God gives you through Jesus enables you to endure the temptation. And this means more than simply resisting temptation. It means to be preoccupied with righteous living even when you're tempted. It also means through your dependence on God, you grow in your love for him and faithfulness to him. Horatio Palmer wrote, Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some others to win. James wrote, Count it all joy when you meet trials 
the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Because Jesus is the way of escape, we are told in the verse after um, 1 Corinthians 10.13, we are told in verse 14, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Because there's a way of escape, we are reminded how much we are loved and we are told to flee from all forms of idolatry. One author insightfully mentioned how Paul starts talking here in 1 Corinthians 10, 14 about the Lord's Supper, the way we remember the love that God has demonstrated through Jesus Christ. And in the context of God being faithful when we are tempted, we are reminded of the love that he has shown at the cross. One of the chief things, if not the chief thing, that enables you to endure and resist evil and temptation is knowing God's love for you in Christ Jesus. Satan was able to easily deceive Adam and Eve when he slandered the good and loving character of the Lord their God. When you falsely believe that God is not with you, or not for you, or not lovingly devoted to you, it is so easy for you to be led astray from being devoted to Him. This scheme of Satan to slander your father's character is his primary strategy because God's primary stimulus for your obedience is his love for you in Christ Jesus. When you distrust God's love for you, you fall down like a ton of bricks. God's love for you and his acceptance of you in Christ must be your daily and nightly meditation. Your rejoicing in your Father's love for you is primary. You cannot resist evil or temptation apart from delighting yourself in the Lord. That's one thing the doxology teaches you. Listen to the doxology again in light of this petition. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. God promises to keep you from stumbling. He promises to present you faultless, blameless, before his glorious presence with great joy through Jesus Christ. And these things call you to glory in God and give him the dominion and authority over your life. And when you think about how he is going to joyfully present you gloriously before him and the fact that he's always with you, keeping you from stumbling, by definition, it keeps you from stumbling because you're fixated on his goodness to you, his presence with you, and his future promises for you. This is how the blessed man in Psalm 1 was able to say no 
to the counsel of the wicked, the way of sinners, and the teaching of scoffers. He delighted in the Lord's law. Because the Lord's law testifies to the Lord's great love. Above all, Jesus is that blessed man. When Jesus was thrown, and that's literally the word, he was thrown by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, he fixated his mind and his manner on God's manuscript and its testimony of God's loving majesty. Through the Scripture's testimony of God's glory and grace, Jesus was able to silence Satan and shipwreck all his strategies. Now Jesus lives in you who believe. Although your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, you are able to resist him firm in your faith in Jesus knowing that he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. This last phrase and verse from 1 John reminds you that you are in a war when dealing with temptation, sin, and evil. And you need to be outfitted with God's armor mentioned in Ephesians 6, verse 10 and following. What is often forgotten about this passage due to our fixating on the pieces of armor is Paul's own fixation on prayer. He mentions prayer over and over again in this passage, whereas the pieces of armor are only mentioned once. His emphasis is on prayer. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then he goes on to ask for prayer for himself. God's armor is of no use to you in the battle if you are not devoted to depending on your Father in prayer. Someone once asked, is prayer fundamental or supplemental in your life, and in the life of your church fellowship. Your Father is the only one who can save you from sin and from sinning through Jesus. He's the only one who can save you from evil through Jesus. Unless you are constantly attaching yourself and connecting yourself to your Father in prayer, through Jesus Christ on a daily basis, you can never experience your Father's power, wisdom, life, and freedom to follow Jesus Christ when you're tempted to sin and when you encounter evil in you and against you. Your love for God simply won't grow like it should. Is your life a self-serving approach to God and not true devotion to God? When you fall, you have in Jesus an advocate. When you yield to temptation and sin, like so often we do, Jesus is your advocate with your Father. 
You can't despair. You can't be discouraged. You've got to run back to him. Satan at that moment is going to tempt you when you sin that you can't possibly come back to God now. Look at your life and how despicable it is. That's the way he talks to you. But it is at that moment you must come racing back to your Father through Jesus Christ, your Advocate, who's always praying for your forgiveness and supplying you with the grace to be godly. Let Jesus' good plans and purposes for you, let Jesus' devotion and love for you stir you to desire with all your heart to be holy. When we, like Jesus, are called to be tested by God and tempted by Satan, Jesus' devotion to you is what's going to keep you. It's going to lead you to make the best use of the trial so that through it God can do what he intends to do with every trial, to equip you to help others when they're tried to grow you in your character, to grow you in your dependence upon Him, to show you again the sufficiency of His grace and His power for you. Our Father in heaven, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Is that your prayer? And why do you pray that prayer? Is it to keep from being embarrassed? Or is it because of a love and devotion for your Father because of His love and devotion for you demonstrated through Jesus? May we pray this prayer because we have fallen head over heels in love with our Father in heaven through His Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of His Holy Spirit. And may we long to see Him one day. God bless you.